Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello and welcome back. It's Ghost of a Podcast. I have an excellent question this week from Post Adam Return and still no clue what's going on. And it reads, Hi, Jessica. You've mentioned a few times that things become clearer after your Saturn return. I will be 32 this year and still have no clue what to do with my life. I can't choose a direction for a career no matter how much research I do or how much I try to get to know myself. And I have done lots of research through lots of different tools and systems, but still feel clueless and unguided. I'm really sensitive and can't find a way to be of service and make money. I had an abusive childhood and I do a lot of self-work daily, but it all seems useless because I can't seem to be able to find my place in the world. I try to ask for help, but I seem to be misunderstood a lot and I go back to looking for answers internally. I feel like an alien on this planet and a lot of times I just feel like I don't belong here and want to go home. What am I doing wrong? And this question is from a listener who was born on August the 7th in 1987-1919 in London, UK. So this is really important. I'm really, really grateful to get this question because I want to clarify that when I have said that life gets easier post-Saturn return, I was saying it to specific people based on their birth charts. I don't think that life is generally or consistently easier in one's 30s or older. Before I kind of get into the specifics of this particular question, let me just clarify the Saturn return stuff. Because what happens is, from my astrological perspective, the first Saturn cycle of your life, so from birth until about 29 years old, you are in the stage of development of your childhood. You are all about your programming and what happened to you and at you and how you are able to respond to it and kind of what you're able to do with it. However, after this first Saturn return, so for the next approximately 29 years, it is much more agency-based. It is much more about what you choose to do with who you are instead of what happens to you, right? So there's a lot more agency for adults than for kids. I believe that when we do the work of self-acceptance, getting to know ourselves, healing trauma, etc., life can get a lot easier. And that doesn't mean that the things that happen to us and around us get easier. Oh no, my friends, it does not. But what it does mean is that we have better and more self-appropriate tools for coping with those things. Having happiness doesn't mean only having chill and lovely things happen to and for you. It means not resting your value and your self-esteem on things going your way. And so being post-Saturn return, and I'm referring to that first Saturn return, is a time where we can really figure out who we are. To be clear, it takes a couple few years for the Saturn return to build. So generally speaking, at around 27, we start to feel like we're running out of time and like we have to make major changes and life gets really destabilized. And for the next year or two, what happens is, you know, we are meant to be changing our lives. And then the Saturn return hits. And when the Saturn return hits, it can last anywhere from about a month to about a year. Depends on the math of you. Whatever it is that happens during the crisis of the Saturn return, and it is in fact a crisis, 
It doesn't mean it's bad, but it is a crisis in consciousness where we must be more accountable to who we've become, who we want to be, and what our lives really are. Then the transit ends and things seem like they're going back to normal. And then the Christ year hits. It's called the Christ year because it is 33. 33 years old is, uh, I think they call it the Christ year because it's like a metaphor for the whole Christ story. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the double trinity there. And then a Christ-related expert by a long shot, my friends. Everything I know about Jesus, I pretty much learned from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical. It is an excellent movie if you haven't seen it. You know, whether you believe that the Jesus story is a historical account of a real person who lived a real life, or you relate to that story as a fable, something told to be a spiritual guide or a historical guide, whatever it is, whatever your take on the Jesus story is, my understanding of the Jesus story is that it happened during a sudden return. He started having his whole spiritual awakening and spiritual experience where he uh, was called to service at 28 with his Saturn return. And then he was put on the cross at 33. So his whole story is actually the arc of the Saturn return. It's really interesting if you if you haven't seen the movie, of course, please do see the movie. The point of the 33rd year is whatever it is that you haven't integrated post-Saturn return, it demands your attention. And 33 tends to be a really big deal year for most people where you either are figuring out what needs to be done so that you can really embody who you want to be or what needs to be undone because you haven't yet undone it. You know what I'm saying? At 32, I don't expect that anyone has the full benefit of being post-Saturn return. That comes after 33, okay? (laughs) That's just a general, oops, don't misinterpret what I'm saying when I say life's easier for a particular person post-Saturn return. That all said, you, my dear, have a whole other ball of wax happening here. So when I pulled up your birth chart, what I saw was that for the last two years, you've been going through something called Neptune square to Saturn. Now, this is a once in a lifetime astrological event, and it's quite difficult because Saturn is your internal structure as a human being. Saturn is your sense of reality and how you fit into capitalism and hierarchy and what am I doing with my life and where is it going? And Neptune is like fog. Transiting Neptune functions like fog. It makes us feel confused and uncertain, like we don't belong. All the stuff you're naming in your question. This has all been happening in the last two years, the whole time you've been post-Saturn return. It's generally a time where people experience a great deal of anxiety and uncertainty about their value, their worth, and their direction. Now, this transit ended on March 1st, 2019 exactly 10 days after you wrote me the email. So the good news is you can expect to have a greater sense of certainty start to kind of form for you over the course of the next three months. And in my experience, it takes about three months for a transit like this once it's over for you to actually feel full relief from it. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. So I wouldn't have expected you to have a sense of clarity about your direction in the last two years. And that's all shifting. It's all shifting now. And it'll take a minute for you to fully feel that shift, but that doesn't mean it isn't shifting. So that's the the first part of my answer. When we come from trauma, when there is childhood abuse or deeply destabilizing and unsafe circumstances, it takes us more time. 
And for some people, that more time is about finding your place through, you know, work and industry. For some people, that more time is about finding friends, community, or love. For some people, it's all of it. What it sounds like you're doing is the hard labor of self-care. And I'm actually really glad to hear that you're doing that because, you know, the last two years have been really confusing for you. But you're going to soon enough, like within 2019, reach a place where that hard labor probably needs to get a little more flexible and a little less rigid. And you need to put yourself out there and be willing to fail. Let me clarify what I mean by being willing to fail. In your question, what you're saying is you can't find your way to be of service and do the work. You're not sure what to do with your life. It is not necessary to know exactly what to do with your life or find the perfect vehicle for service. What it is necessary to do is find actions that work for you in the short term because they may end up being building blocks for what you're meant to do in the big picture, right? The thing that is so complicated within your birth chart is you have a lot of fire. You have a lot of fire and earth in your birth chart, mainly fire. And what this means is you want things to kind of come at you meteorically. You want things to happen quickly. And when they don't, there's a way that you can dig in your heels. It's uncomfortable for you to germinate with things. And that's exactly what is needed at this time because when I look at your career issues, what I see is that you're really motivated, but that that motivation has at this point primarily needed to be channeled towards healing and self-care. And so the work that you've been doing in the world is not meant to be reflective of the service that you're capable of. It's meant to support the service that you needed to provide for yourself. And this is not uncommon for people who come from trauma. It's not, and it's not bad. And it doesn't mean you're behind schedule because you're not behind schedule. There is no schedule. Really, the schedule is individualized to you. And currently, you have Pluto sitting conjoined your moon. And so you are not done doing the work of healing childhood trauma. That's what Pluto conjunct the moon does. My sense of what's coming up for you in 2019 and 20 is that as Pluto conjoins your moon and Uranus forms a square to your natal Mercury, you are going to unpack and better understand your emotional compulsions, your mind, and how you communicate with and connect to other people. And that's the work you're meant to be doing. So if you could get a day job that supports you in doing that work, I would say that's responding to your calling. And from there, I really think that you will have a better understanding of what you're meant to do. But this brings you to and through your Christ year, just coincidentally. And so it's not specific to the Saturn return that these other transits are happening. It just, this is how your math works. This is how your path works. My advice to you is to be patient with your process and to know that there are many aliens here on this planet and you can find them, but it's harder to find them when you're punishing yourself for being one, right? And I don't know if you, when you say alien, if you mean that as a bad thing, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't know. Everybody's got their own way. I think that what's really important here is that you've got to accept who you are and where you are. And right now, you don't know. You don't have the answers. Can you accept that? You stop fighting it and judging it. Can you just accept it? Because if you can, 
then you can start actually accepting the work that you do feel called to do. It's self-care. That's where you're at. Of course, you need a day job, right? You need a day job. You need a way to, to make money to support you on that and have faith that there will eventually be work in the world that you can do. Now, I'm not going to name career paths for you because I actually don't think it's it's what you're meant to be focused on right now. What you're meant to be focused on right now is creating a relationship to yourself that you can deeply enjoy or at least tolerate. That's the work. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. We're going to look at the week of March 17th through the 23rd this week, and there's a lot going on, including a full moon in Libra and the vernal equinox, but I got to I gotta talk to you about this freaking world we're living in first. There was a terrorist attack this week at two mosques in New Zealand. This man killed 49 people. There is a global terrorist movement. It is being perpetrated by white supremacist ideology, and it endangers people around the world. It endangers all people, and especially people who are not Christian, people who are not white, and people who are not straight. I am scared. I mean, terrorism is specifically orchestrated to create terror. That's its move. It is meant to strike fear within us. I don't have the right words, and I sure as hell don't have the answers. But I can say that it shouldn't have to happen in your country to your religious denomination or people from your racial background or even in your own community for you to care and for you to be impacted and for you to seek to be part of the solution. Whether we're looking at the Pittsburgh shooter who shot 11 Jewish worshipers or the Charleston shooter who murdered nine Black churchgoers, it's really all the same. It's white male violence and it's white supremacy. It is a growing, intensifying problem in the U.S. and around the world. I want to say to you, my friends, don't look away. Apathy is really, really dangerous right now. And I know it is so hard to stay associated when everything is so scary and there's such an intense onslaught of news. It's hard to stay present with it. But white supremacy and patriarchy, you know, they've become these really popular hashtags, but they're actually really complex systems that implicate all of us globally. And they will not be overcome by hashtags or going to a march once. These are complex systems that will take time and effort by masses of people in order for us to successfully dismantle them. As an astrologer, I will say now is the time. You don't have to be an activist to care and to be a part of the solution. You really, you don't. The astrology of this time, the astrology of the past couple of years, and certainly for what's upcoming in the next couple of years, it will implicate every single one of us. We are all a part of this. And what you don't do and what you do are all a matter of spiritual importance. They really are. And it's a mistake when we separate politics, social justice, and spirituality. When we separate them, I get deeply concerned because I think, well, how can you be a spiritual person and not be profoundly motivated by preserving the humanity in everyone, the safety, the dignity in all? How? I don't understand that personally. 
if you are a really spiritual person and you're not especially political and you don't really concern yourself with matters of social justice, I want to invite you in. I want to invite you in to the world that we all share and to understand that all of our soul's work includes caring for others, caring for this earth. Now is the time. So on a personal level, I want to invite you to really become mindful of where and how you're apathetic and to try to bring more emotional and mental presence to that. I want to invite you to look at where your thinking is superiority-based, where you think, well, these people are better and those people are not as good, and therefore, I shouldn't have to care. Because this form of thinking is a symptom of the problems that are plaguing our societies. And I want to invite you to honor, promote, and protect the humanity in others. I am not against punching Nazis. I am not the one who's going to say that's a bad thing. However. It's not where I personally come from. And I'm not mad at that as a strategy, you know, but I don't actually believe that hate is enough. We don't beat hate with hate because honestly, I don't know. Do you want to be the best hater in town? Do you want to be the most hateful person? I don't know. How does, how is that winning? I don't get how that's winning. From my view as a spiritual person and the way my spirituality works, I have this feeling that when we preserve the humanity in ourselves and in others, that is how we win. You know, this is something that I've given a lot of astrological context to in the podcast in the past and certainly in things I've written. But at this moment, I don't want to make it too astrological because I want to keep it real simple, my friends. It is important that you understand that you are a part of this, whether you choose to participate actively in the world or not. And it is time to move beyond anonymous social media posts and to show your solidarity against hate, to practice showing up IRL. And that might look like going to a mosque and giving a gift to a person. There's a million forms of activism that are really just about connecting with your neighbors and letting them know that you are there and that you are glad that they are there, right? It might look like sending postcards or leaving kind voicemails to your local mosques or synagogues or queer community centers or being kind to your homeless neighbors, giving what you got to give. And maybe what you have to give is simply eye contact and a recognition of their dignity and humanity. And when you fail in efforts to do these things, when you don't speak up, when you don't do what you feel to be the right thing, strive to do better. I don't have the answers. And I, again, I don't think it's a, it's a one-shot fix. You know, I, I think that we all have to change and we all have to continue to strive to change. And part of changing is, you know, hitting walls of burnout and taking care of yourself around that and then starting again. But the work is to commit to the work. And I really hope you do that. I hope that you understand that how you participate in the world around you is not separate from your spirituality. Your soul does depend on how you participate in the world, in the world that we live in, whether or not you like this world, <laughs> whether you feel like an alien or you feel like you're super normal and you deserve everything or anything in between, how you participate in the world matters. And this is the world we're living in. This, this is the world we're living in where we have systems that are completely run and have been created by white supremacy, by men and for men and by white men for white men. And by white straight men who are Christian for white Christian straight men. I mean, we could keep going. We could talk about class. We could talk about ableism. We could talk about so many things. We are the majority. 
We are the majority and we need to start acting like that. We need to start supporting each other and we need to start demanding that everyone is treated with dignity. And we can do that from a place of love instead of a place of hate because it is a much easier burden to carry is loving others, loving the humanity in others, instead of hating the cruelty in others. It is a much easier way to live. It's an easier way to get the work done, in my view. If that's not what you feel called to do, I respect our differences. That is cool. And now, to your horoscope, as promised, like I said, we're looking at the week of March 17th through the 23rd, 2019, and Mercury is still retrograde. Goddamn Mercury retrograde, giving all kinds of messiness and soupiness to communications, Had everyone like that Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp crash, classic Mercury retrograde. And could somebody talk to Apple because they only push their damn updates during Mercury retrogrades. I don't know why they do that. It's so annoying. So on the 17th, Mercury retrograde forms a sextile to Mars. This is actually a really great transit for deepening your understanding of something that you've been looking back at if you're doing your Mercury retrograde homework. Um, this can be a really busy day where things are just kind of happening quickly, where you have to run around town or you get lots of communications coming your way. The key is to not forget that it is a Mercury retrograde and that details are more likely to slip through your fingertips. And so it's a good time to stay really mindful and grounded. What might be even easier than being grounded is being centered. Whatever is easier for you is what you want to strive to do, because this is going to be a busy day no major downside. Just don't overcommit yourself. Don't overextend yourself. On the 20th, we move into Aries season. We have a full moon at zero degrees of Libra and it's zero degrees at nine minutes of Libra. And this is happening, I should say, at 6.43 p.m. Pacific time. So you make the adjustments based on the time zone that you live in. And this particular full moon is a lot. I won't really get into, you know, the equinox and stepping into spring here on the hemisphere that I live in. But I will say that this particular full moon is going to bring up a lot. Pay attention to your impulse to blame others for how you got here, what you're going through and what you feel. This is a period where you may find that you are driven to justify your feelings and explain your feelings. Maybe that's necessary. If it's coming from a defensive place, it's not going to be that useful and it's not going to bring you the relief that you want it to bring you. The best use of this energy is to go within, to spend some time alone and to really be present with whatever feelings come up. And to be mindful of the narrative that you have locked and loaded and ready to go to justify your feelings or to defend your feelings and to stay with that and to be interested in that. Because a lot of times our stories are kind of old stories and they're not necessarily relevant for what's actually happening. In other words, if you can sit with your feelings instead of acting on them you can have a profoundly transformational full moon moment where you figure something out about yourself, about your true motivations that are really getting you the circumstances, dynamics, and especially relationships that you've been experiencing. Because if you say, all I want is to be in a relationship, and you say it over and over and over again, but you keep on choosing people who live in different countries, don't speak the same language as you, are married, whatever, then do you really? Because your actions betray that you don't right? So you want to look at the space between what you say you want and what you're actually consenting to and attracting and strive to understand not how you got here, none of that, just what are your motivations? What's actually going on for you without blaming or explaining? 
What are your motivations and what is really going on for you? This is not a time to disassociate from the world, but it is a time to create space to be with yourself. So the distinction I'm trying to call here is the latter is about having healthy and well-expressed boundaries. Disassociating from the world is kind of checking out and then expecting people to just suck it up and deal with it or checking out and dealing with the consequences later. What I'm recommending is that you instead be forthcoming about the ways in which you are needing to check out. Just let people know, I need space. I need to be alone for a minute. And if you can do this, it can be really useful, not only for your relationships and minimizing drama in your life, but also it can be really useful for you to figure out what it is that you are scared of around asserting your truth and taking space. So you can learn more about yourself by trying to assert boundaries that maybe you're typically a little uncomfortable with asserting. On the 21st, and these transits that I'm going to name are overlapping with the full moon on the 20th. On the 21st, we have two Venus transits. Venus will be forming a square to Mars and a sextile to Jupiter. Neither of these transits are bad in any way, shape, or form, but what they can do is they can incline you to want to phone it in for your relationships. So basically to do or say what you think others want from you instead of what is totally true for you. This can incline you to act on your relationships before you're actually ready and you actually know what that means, what you really want. In doing that, you can kind of get yourself in a bit of trouble down the line. And so the best use of this energy, in my view, is to be really open and to connect with others from that place of openness, but to keep in mind what your values are and to make sure that your actions and your ways with others accurately reflect your integrity and your values. And when they don't, to try to bring ownership to that right? To own why you did it, how you did it, the fact that you did it. Now, my friends, I know that there is a lot going on both personally and globally, and I encourage you to see the links between how you handle them both. I encourage you to find your place in this world by participating in it with as much love and empathy and kindness and responsibility as you can muster. And you know I love you. I want to thank you so much for joining me this week, and I want to thank you for joining me every week. If you love this podcast as much as I love making it, please subscribe to it, star it, and review it wherever you listen to it. Share it with your friends and your frenemies. Share it with your mom. You can support the podcast on Patreon if you feel so inclined. If you have an iOS device, you can also download my free app called Tiny Spark, and it is a resource for accessing your own Tiny Spark of intuition. That is my free gift to you. If you want more on the full moon, please do check out my weekly horoscope. It drops on Wednesdays. I'm going to have more on the full moon and probably some new moon homework for you. And then finally, check out the show notes if you would like a link to show your support to the victim's of the mosque shootings in New Zealand. Be kind to yourself and others this week. Every year they say